Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Praise God. Amen. Today, in our series of active faith, is the actual message active faith. So I just want to welcome everybody online that is watching us uh, through the internet. Uh, today, the message is active faith. This is one of the main characters in the whole chapter of faith. And anybody here remembers what chapter we're studying in the Bible? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, yeah. There's the little hint over there, right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 reminds us that this chapter in the Bible, it's all about faith. And the Bible reads, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction. Say this word, conviction. So it is the conviction of things not seen. Bow your heads once more. Father, we pray for revelation right now. We know that you want to feed our hearts with uh, nutrients so our faith might be stronger and more mature than ever. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we walk together with Abraham in this amazing journey of faith, we understand what is real important, God, and put it all the other things aside. We're going to lay aside what is, what is holding us back so we can run the race. We can keep fight, fighting the fight of faith. And on that day, we're going to glorify your name for this faithfulness. In Jesus' name, say amen and amen. Now, you are having your life. Everything is good. You're not thinking on many challenges of your life. But you find God at the corner of your life and God calls you for a mission. More specifically, a mission impossible kind of mission. Like you cannot fulfill that mission. And that's where our character Abraham comes up. Earlier his name was Abraham, great father. Later God changed his name, father of many nations. And God says, Abraham, I want you to give me a child. Well, wait a second. I'm old and my, my wife is barren. So you're asking me for something that I cannot do it. How I will ever be able to fulfill such mission? I can't, God. I don't, I don't have anything to generate this child. And that's what is one of the elements that makes this great man of God the father of faith. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 4, name him the father of those that believe. If you believe in Christ Jesus and you had experienced in your life already things that were impossible on your own strength, but by faith you saw coming to place, it's because you are a child of Abraham. Say amen. Now, if Abraham is a father and his name means father, father, great father or father of many nations, ultimately he was a father of faith. What kind of faith we're talking about what kind of faith abraham uh, had that brought him to be this father of faith he was always ready to respond if god said abraham will respond now usually things are not like that usually god works in processes in with our with our, with our faith Usually, God builds our trust in His words. So this 
pretty much uh, is what happens with every, every kind of relationship. Parents and kids, as the kids learn to trust the words of the parents, they obey more promptly. As wives and husbands learn to develop trust in one another, they now trust their finances to one another more easily. Now, if you don't have your credit card in your hands of your wife, probably where you are growing in the trust, right? Because you don't have faith enough yet. But you're going to get there, believe me. Just keep developing the trust. So usually, every relationship, friendship is like that. You don't open your first secret to the first friend you make. By the way, this week I read uh, an article of a guy that is making money just saying secrets in funerals. And this guy uh, was, by chance, an elderly person hired him and said, Look, I want you go to my funeral and you say a, a secret that I've been hiding for years in the day of my burial. And the guy, yeah, sure, I'll do it. But look, how are people going to know that it's me doing this? No, you're just going to sign an oath that is you. And I am signing saying that I gave you the right to say this. And actually he did that. And after that, many people is hiring him now. In the middle of the funeral, he stands up, say, I'm sorry, in behalf of the deceased, I want to say this secret. And, and I, was, I was wondering about that, if I, you know, if I could make some money right now, just say some truth, because it's simple as that. But the point is, you don't say secrets for someone that you don't, you don't trust. Trust is built in processes. God usually works in processes with us. He develops our trust. I remember my boys, it was really hard when they were little ones to trust that when I said, don't put your little fingers in the outlet, it might hurt you. They didn't trust my word until I create this little gadget that, you know, portrays or gave them a little portion of what it means, electrical shock. You know, and it, I know it's hard to understand. I never use more than AAA batteries, so I never, you know, burn them. But they, they knew what electrical shock meant. And whenever now they, they were close to an outlet, I'll say, you're going to get a big shock there. They built trust in my word, and they now could obey. Now, I really, I, I love this, this connection because I really believe that the, the, the proportion of your faith is the proportion of your obedience. As much as you grow in trusting the word of God, more easily you'll be to obey. However, it's not the case of Abraham. He was just walking with his life. He was living his life. And at the corner of life, God comes and calls him to go to a place. Look what the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11, our chapter that we are studying. By faith, Abraham obeyed, promptly obeyed when he was called to go out to a place where he was to receive as an inheritance. If you go in the beginning of this story, this is in Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says that God came, said, Abraham, leave your parents, leave your offspring, leave your forefathers, the city, the comfort of your business over here. And go to a land that I will show you. And he went out not knowing, this is what the Bible says, not knowing where he was going. This is exactly what we see in Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. So Abraham, or Abraham in, the, in that time, went as the Lord had told him. So again, this is not the norm. But as you grow in faith, we all should come to the point that whenever God says, we'll be ready to obey. Ready to be. And I need to say this because some miracles in our lives, 
will only happen if we have this prompt response. If you are ready to respond. If you are, you know, like we're not going to waste any more time. We're going to, whenever God says, I'm going to just stand up and move. You guys remember this story? It's in John um, chapter 5. The Bible talks about this man that for 38 years were lying close to this pool waiting for a miracle. And for 38 years, paralytic, lame over there, nothing ever had happened. And it's beautiful because the Bible says in John chapter 5 verse 6 that God knew that he had already been there a long time. Now when the Bible says a long time, it means that is a long time. Like you wasted so much time here. And if you guys remember this story, Jesus came to him and asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Do you want to get healed? And he tried to explain that he had expected this for a while, but right now he couldn't trust that anything could actually happen. And Jesus didn't allow these men to develop trust in his words. Jesus, you know, was not, you know, just building up the process of faith with this man. The Bible says that Jesus simply said, get up. Take up your bed and walk. No discussion, no reason, no no built up process. No, no, just take my word, my imperative word, my command and walk. And the Bible says that at once. Everybody says at once. And that's my point today. One of my points is, uh, do you ever had these moments that you at once responded? At once the man was healed. And he took, he took up his bed and walked. The Bible says, By faith Abraham obeyed. He went to a land not knowing where he was going. Yes, absolutely. It is crazy. It's reckless. You're not going to have the best arguments to explain your parents. You don't have much explanation for your family. You are trying to make sense. But it doesn't make sense. However, even being crazy is still worth it. Why is worth it? Because it is God speaking to you. And you know that it's God. And you are, you are so aware, you're so assured, you're so uh, uh, confirmed. You are so like the words in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. You are so convinced that it's God's word that nothing going to wave you from that. Nothing. Now, this is... This is also an element, an ingredient, an aspect of all those that are born of God. And somehow we're all going to have these moments that we're going to be indiscernible. People will look at us and say, you are simply crazy. Why are you doing this? And you're going to try as much as you can to explain, but your word will not be enough to explain. This is what the Bible says in John chapter 3, that those that are born of God, We are like the wind. It says the wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sounds, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone. Say everyone. Everyone who is born of the Spirit. How many born of the Spirit we have in the house today? So if you are born of God, you probably had that moment that you couldn't explain much. But you, you, you just knew. And, and you know that you know, but you don't know how you got to know. 
But you know that you know. And this knowledge, it's, it's the blowing of the Spirit. Actually, Paul gets to the point to say that the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. How they, they would be able to. For they are folly for, to Him. Like, it's, it's more than craziness. It's just like foolishness. It's just like it's stupid going to this, doing this. Why are you doing this? And he's not able to understand. The natural man cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Now I'm getting to my week that I, you know, usually stay only in the water. And I remember the first time I dared to try that. And I was uh, uh, 16 to 17. And my father thought that I was having an eating disorder problem or something. Uh, he actually thought that I was challenging him, testing his authority over, over me. And on that first fasting, I actually stayed for 10 days. Um, I got very skinny, uh, very, very skinny. My father got really mad. He couldn't understand. My father wasn't a born-again Christian. He was not born of the Spirit at the time, like the text here in John says. But I, I just wanted to have that relationship more intense with God. But he couldn't understand. Why? Because the things of faith are indiscernible by the natural mind. Now, Abraham walked in such faith that all the aspects of his life were changed. Faith in one moment might change the comforts, the surroundings of your life. Abraham was secure. He had this familiar and comfortable place in this city called Ur of the Chaldeans. And suddenly he follows this invisible God direction. The scripture says that Abraham's obedience is what changed his entire lifestyle. He used to probably have a, some lots rented or some houses rented in Ur. Or maybe he had his commerce working out in the marketplace in Ur. But now God asked him to leave that place and start to live in tents. Look what it says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9. By faith, Abraham went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents. Living in Why are we living in tents? When there are amazing fortified cities to protect me. Why I dare to be a nomadic person in a time when there are awesome cities and awesome places to live. Now you have to understand for us Latinos and people that came from more Catholic background. You understand that uh, even, even today uh, there are some cities that they are consecrated. They have the patron of the city. So, in, in the case of Brazil, we have the, the patron of Brazil is a Saint Mary something, okay? So, we have the patrons, like the dedicated idol or saint for that specific city. It's very common, this, mainly uh, from Catholic background. Uh, it wasn't different on the time of Abraham. Actually, every city at Abraham's time was dedicated to a deity, to a god, to a pagan God. And now when God called him to leave Ur. is because Ur was dedicated. Was consecrated to a specific pagan God. 
And God said, no, no, Abraham, if you're going to walk with me, you're also going to have to leave behind this kind of practice. Now, yet there are some awesome fortified cities out there, Sodom, Gomorrah. They have awesome walls to protect, but I don't want you only learn to uh, about my uh, direction, but I want you to learn about my protection, Abraham. I want to be your fortified city. You're going to walk with me and I will be your shield, said the Lord. Now, this process of God speaking to him is like your whole entire lifestyle will be changed. You have to walk in the manner of Hebrews 11 verse 1. You have to be assured. You have to be convinced that I am with you. And nothing, no one will ever touch you. Now, for Noah, this was was only what explained why he would build a boat in the middle of nowhere whenever it had rained before. But for Abraham, active faith led him to live in tents rather than the security of wall cities. And here's a question. How many people are picking without even stopping and praying about the next fortified city? It can be your college degree. It can be your family influence. Can I be honest? Can I be pastor today? It can be United States of America. When you immigrate here, thinking that this will be your fortified city, my friend. And now you're finding out that it's not about uh, the, 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 the America itself. It's not the government itself. But it's only the Lord that can actually protect you. Now, I, I hope that I don't offend you. But in the same time, I hope that I offend you. I'm offending you because I want you to find your security in the Lord. To find your sense of protection in the Lord. To walk in the manner of Abraham having assurance, conviction in the Lord. In other words, that's okay to have things, but don't let the things have you. Now, let's go back over here. Is there something in your life that can only be explained by God alone? Do you have at least one one thing in your life that whenever people ask and you debate about it, you're not going to give explanation like, oh, it just made sense because I had such and such opportunity. Oh, I just did that because I inherited this from my family. Oh, it's just because, you know, I learned this trait and now I, you know, I got into this job. Is there anything that really happened in your life that you're going to stop and going to say, you know what, this only happened because God. Like your, your word, your statement will be, but why, this, why, why do you live like that? You're going to say, uh, God. Like you're not going to have any other word to say. Uh, oh, but but why, why do you, you drive this car? Um, God. God is, is the, the reason why. But what happened, man, after, after this whole thing in your marriage, uh, how you are surviving? Uh, God. God is the explanation for it. Now, do you have anything that can only be explained? By God alone. Now let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Because here we're going to find out there's more about this man of faith. It's not by chance that he's called the father of faith. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9. By faith he went to live in the land of promise. Man, this is, this is strong. In the land of promise as in a foreign land. Wait a second. He was going to the promised land, but he never sat 
deep roots on that promised land. And why? Why he did not do that? Verse 10, for Abraham was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Come on, somebody. This, this is really powerful. It says that he was not only uh, trusting the Lord for the protection, for that moment to be this, this ready-to-respond faith kind of faith, but even walking in the land God had gave him, he never set roots because his foundations were in heaven. Let me explain this a little better. Like Paul, those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it, for the present form of this world is passing away. And I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. Genesis chapter 13, verse 2. Now Abram was very rich in silver, livestock, and gold. Wait a minute. God led me to a promised land. I finally had the car of my dream. I finally got married. Finally, I opened my business. God, thank you so much, Jesus, because I am in this promise land however however i will not set my roots deep on these things abraham was very very rich he had he owned many things but he never let the things on him he had his eyes focused in the things above just like pastor Tudy said he had his heart on the things that really matter in other words guys do you have a good house? Don't trust it. Trust in God. Do you have a loving family? Awesome. But don't trust it. Trust in God. Do you have this place that you work with joy? You, you, you have this stable place that you, you, know, you work for a couple of... That's awesome. But don't trust it. Trust in God. I met a pastor... That he told me very openly, like, I wish that some brothers in my church, they were going to get unemployed again. I say, why you say this? He says, it's because our people pray, seek the Lord until they get their, their prayer response, their promises. It, they don't get it that the, the earlier promises are only preparing them for greater things. So I don't agree with the pastor, but I have to understand him because there are people that is making the land of promise the final place, but actually everything in this world is temporary. Many brothers choose the land of promise that God temporarily gave them instead of looking forward to the city which has foundations. They miss the point that everything in this world, guys, is Havel. Or in the words of the wise Solomon, like I wrote it, the second wisest man on earth, first obvious is Jesus, but the second wrote it for us. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of all vanities. All in this world is like Havel, is like vapor, is like you chasing after the wind. So, so why, why are you going to try to put your hearts in deep roots here in this world when it's only... Vapor. Now, you know what I'm talking about. You, you had that, that 
that feeling sometimes that you were just grasping, holding vapor. You were excited at the beginning when you got the car. You just, you know, re remodel all the house and finally you were sleeping on that house. You feel the thrill when you got you no know, money enough to pay for that trip. You, you are in the promised land, so to speak. And you feel that enjoyment, that thrill, and endures a little bit, but after a while, you're bored again. Why? Because nothing, and I mean nothing on this earth, has eternal essence. And it doesn't matter if it is the most fantastic promised land, everything might bring the feeling of frustration. Our final goal is not here, and that's it. Don't ever get any promised land, so to speak, that you are enjoying right now as the final point. Jesus illustrated that when he said those that build their houses on this world, trusting and making their, their goal, the things in itself, they are chasing after the wind. They are building a house in the sand. Only our trust in God's control, even we cannot understand, can make life enjoyable. So adopt a total trust in God's control and give Him the right to sovereignly direct how your life ought to be. When I say about give God the control, I mean give God the, the totally driving control of your life. I'm trying to teach my boys how to drive. And the, old, the older, actually, not the, the youngest, but the older I'm trying to teach how to drive. And he loves the, you know, the feel that he's having the driving power in his hand. Obviously, he wants so bad to, you know, cross the 25 miles per hour, you know, but I don't allow. But he's very tempted. Uh, and and I, I, to, like, to show him that it's more than just, you know, driving a cart, but he's driving a car. I, I dare to show him how to uh, drive backwards. And it was very frustrating for him because in order to take the car to your left, you first have to steer to your right when you're driving backwards. So he couldn't understand that. And, and I wonder if because of our wrong perspective, we're still trying to hold control of things that only God can have control. I wonder if we, we don't simply don't give up to God and, and embrace His Values, his, uh, uh, his sense of direction instead of our sense of direction. This is how Solomon ends. He says, God has made everything beautiful in its time, like Pastor Tudor says. Also, he has put eternity, say eternity, eternity. into man's heart. So anything else in this world, I'm telling you, and you know that. You know that anything in this world will ever have the complete sense of eternity. So please, 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 do not set deep roots on, these things, on the things of this world. Don't never, you know, put this, your final hope here. Don't do that. All right. The text continues saying, Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act 
of offering up his only son, of whom it was said before, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Verse 19, Abraham considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Abraham, his very name, Abraham, and later Abraham, always had this meaning, father. Great father, father of multitudes, or father of many nations. But, like we read in the beginning, he was old. He was weak. And his wife was barren. How God cruelly will ask him to give him a child. Abraham prayed for this child. They even tried on their own hands to generate this child and didn't work. Because God said you're going to generate by faith. It's not on your own strength. It's not by might. It's not by your strength. It's not by your power. But by my spirit. And they pray about it. And now they receive the promise. Genesis chapter 18 verse 10. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah your wife shall have a son. Now they had a promise. They actually called this child the promised child. So a childless father needs only faith. Now pay attention. They pray. Isaac comes, which by the way means laughter. And I can imagine a lot of laughter when Isaac came. Like if you ever had... Little ch children, one to three years old, is a lot of laughter. We laugh all the time. Now you have this elderly couple enjoying uh, the joy, the laughter of a baby. Definitely, it was such a joy in the house. But God was only preparing Abraham for a greater promise. There are some promises that are given to us to prepare us for greater promises promises. Isaac was the beginning of a offspring. Isaac wasn't the final promise in itself. Isaac was just a seed for greater things. The Bible says, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. God was able even to raise him from the dead. What I mean about that is that Abraham got to his ultimate test of faith. When God asked Isaac, the son of promise, to be sacrificed as a burnt offering, God was testing Abraham to say, Abraham, I know you, you, you already have this promise in your lap. You have this beautiful boy that you are enjoying, you're, you're having fun, you're, having, you're building memories with, but... Abraham, I wanted something that only can be made through faith. I need spiritual children. I need an offspring. An offspring that is, is generated by faith. And I, I, I have to say that because as a church, we also have the same calling. We are called to generate children of faith. Yeah, you, can, you can relate that to your actual children if you are having children right now. But our ultimate calling is to 
preach the gospel. It is to evangelize and share this so contagious faith that we're going to involve others. You're going to make others to believe. And some people are going to say, Pastor, but this is unfair. You know, you come and ask me, how many people did I evangelize this year? Don't ask me this. I don't have any power to convert anyone. You are pretty much responding the same way that Abraham responded. God asked me to build Bebel Tower 2.0 version. But don't ask me to generate a child. I don't have any, any power in myself. I, my wife is barren. I'm old. I'm weak. Don't ask me that. This is unfair. But God said, I don't need your strength. I need your faith. And I'm talking to you, leader, disciple, maker, that maybe is wonder, is it even possible to be church and make disciples and lead a life group in 2020? It's because we're still thinking on our gadgets, our arrangements, our strategies. And I have to say that you're probably going to get very frustrated. But if we solely believe, if we keep our eyes with the values of above, if you understand that whatever we have to generate to God has to come from God himself by faith alone. If we have the desire of the things of heaven. Let me say this very strong right now. And it's not hard to evangelize. It is not hard to share Abraham faith. Because right now the world is suffering. People are afraid. People are having losses. And with that, there is this statement that Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, very strong. In the heart of every man, there is a pursuit for eternity. Oh, if we can just touch the switch in their hearts and bring their perspective to heaven, we're going to be able to generate not an Isaac, but an offspring of Isaac's. Let me prove that to you. But as it is, Hebrews 11, verse 16, that's our chapter. They desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Which city? We learn which city is the city with, that has foundations. A city that has foundations. I want to challenge you today to take your eyes out of the things of this world and put roots, expectation, desire in heaven. More than anything else, I'm telling you. It is such a contagious faith that your surroundings, you're going to perceive that. Look, I, I am a pastor, and I have two boys. But one thing that I don't want them to be, it is to be pastor's kids. You know, that kind of uh, rebellion, you know, with nothing. But just because I'm pastor's kids, I'm going to mess up with everything. I, I don't want to do that with my boys. So I always invite my boys for the life of the church. I always try to just invite them to enjoy what I'm enjoying. Because it's literally, I have fun. It's just like fulfilling so much. But one thing I'm very intentional with them. I speak about heaven every single day in my house. Every single day. Yes, maybe it is easier because I had to, you know, put my hope and my expectation after 2016 there, after my little one went first. 
maybe it is death, but you don't need to get to this point. You can be like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That with this heart in the, in the right place, with this heart, with the right expectation, made them part of God's Facebook family profile. God said, Thou shalt be my name forever. I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. But why? There are a couple of reasons, but one of the reasons is they desire a better country, a heavenly one. Let's stand up this morning. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. The Lord wants to be called after you, after your name.